0: And welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women in history. I'm Sarah Gorski.
1: I'm Chloe Skye.
0: I'm Jupiter F. Stone. Jupiter's still here. Sam's still on maternity leave with her baby. And we're doing something super special this week. For the first time ever, we have a guest here who's an expert on a specific broad here to talk to us about his broad. So I want to introduce listeners to you. David Blixt. David is a great friend of mine from Chicago, my Chicago stomping days. Um, We performed together on stage. He was Papa Capulet to my Juliet. So he beat me up on stage. It was so much fun. It was the best. (laughs) Um, Amongst many other things, though. So, David, can you talk for a second just about you and who you are and... Um, Introduce yourself to our listeners, because they might not know who you are at all.
2: Sure. Uh, I'm an actor, an author, uh, a father, and a husband, uh, in reverse order. Um, So, uh, uh, yeah, I I write historical fiction. Twenty years ago, I was attracted to the books of Dorothy Dunnett, thanks to my wife. Um, Mm. And uh, she showed me what a novel could be. Um, And that was the moment I started writing, and I had an an inspiration for the origin of the capulet montague feud in Romeo and Juliet. And I've written five books about 14th century Verona Uh, uh, since then, combining the real people from Dante's time with the fictional people of Shakespeare's world. I did a series of books set in the first century, uh, the Roman-Jewish wars that ended in the destruction of Jerusalem, and a very silly book with uh, uh, William Shakespeare and Kit Marlowe as gay spies. Uh, so that's <laughs> uh, that, that was my career before stumbling into the woman we're talking about today.
0: Oh my gosh, nice. so who are you bringing oh. us, David? Who are we talking about today?
2: We are talking about the amazing Nellie Bly.
1: Nellie Bly. Have you guys heard of her, Chloe and Jupiter? No, absolutely not. No, I'm interested though because y'all been giving her hype and I want to know. I want to know what the tea is. Yeah, I'm right there.
0: This is my true, true confession to my listeners. David's is like a friend of mine, and I see him post about Nelly all the time, but I don't know anything about her yet because I haven't actually read his books <laughs> on her. David, I'm sorry, I'm a terrible. It's man. not. A,
2: I never push my books on my friends. It's the worst thing you can do. Um, every now and then, I have a friend you who know, comes over and says, "All right, I finished it. You're a bastard," and that's wonderful. I love that. You know, it's it's the uh, you you get a sucker punch at the end. Blixed, I hate you. Oh, That's great stuff. Um,
0: <laughs> well, D- well, David, how did you? So we like to always ask kind of. A the beginning of each episode. How did you stump first? Because there was a period of time in which you didn't know who Nellie Bly was. How did you find her? Um, what you know? What was? Te- can you tell us that story?
2: Yeah, can just- I can. I can pinpoint the exact moment. It was April of of 2016, and uh, I was middle of the night, and I'm doing what writers do—avoid writing by scrolling through <laughs> uh, social media—and I saw an article on uh, an Atlantic article on how there were more female action stars in Hollywood a hundred years ago than there are today. And I'm like, I have to read that. So uh, uh, it's all the perils <laughs> of Pauline, the the plucky young woman reporter jumping off of the train, onto the horse, and all of, the, you know, all of those adventurous things. And so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna look up these movies. So I start looking up the movies and I'm reading about each one. And in at least half of them, it says, loosely based on the life of Nellie Bly. And I'm like, okay, seriously,
0: what? that's- All of
2: them? Right, it's, it's like, oh. how, really? Okay, so I, I I dive in, and i have heard the name. They actually mention her in in the top of season two of The West Wing. Uh, there's a there's a reference where uh, Abby Bartlett has just gone off to to uh, uh, dedicate a statue to Nellie Bly, and the president is dismissive, oh. and therefore does not get laid that night. Um, and oh my
0: gosh, I just finished my rewatch of West Wing, but now I guess I have to go rewatch it again because I don't remember that. Now. It's like
2: it's like episode three in season two.
1: I remember that.
2: Right, right. So, uh, uh, so I knew. I like the name rang a bell. Um, so, fa- the thing she's t- the two things she's most famous for. Uh, in 1887, she uh, faked insanity to have herself locked up in an insane asylum on Blackwell's Island in New York. Uh, today, Roosevelt Island. Um, and spent 10 days there undercover and it was it was sprung by her uh, boss at the New York World and then did a giant expose of all the horrible... Actually, her story about how the nurses treated the patients was the inspiration for Nurse Ratched in One <gasps> Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest.
1: Get out! Right. So, what? I
2: mean, yes, the, uh, Ken Kesey points to Nurse Group and Nurse Grady as the inspiration for Nurse Ratched. Um,
0: oh wow. my gosh, so she's a reporter slash action
2: Right, Start. exactly um, And then, three years later she, uh, She'd read Around the World in 80s Days By uh, Jules Verne And she's like, you know what? I can do it faster And so she sets out And she, she traverses the globe in 72 days <laughs> And became the most uh, Next to Queen Victoria She was probably the, the most famous woman alive In 1890
0: 72 days, so she beat the 80, so she beat Jules Verne's ass.
2: Yes, yes. And what's <laughs> wonderful is she got to meet Vern on the way. Um, she actually, he invited her to his home to endorse her trip and say, I hope you do it. Wow, those are the things that she's most famous for. The thing that got me in like reading about her was how she got a job as a reporter in the first place. She's in 1885. 1885. She's uh, living with her mother and three brothers and nephew and sister-in-law and, you know, and uh, sisters moved out. Uh, her father died when she was six. Her mother remarried an abusive bastard who she ended up divorcing in the 1880s, which you didn't do. And so that's Ugh. a huge scandal in of itself. And it's, and yeah. we have Bly's testimony from at 13 years old, talking about he held a gun to his mother, her mother's head. And it's, it's amazing. So she's at, at the age of 20, she's had her inheritance uh, uh, stolen by uh, the executor of the estate. They're living in a squalid little boarding house in Pittsburgh. And she's reading a newspaper, and a guy named The Quiet Observer writes a column. And the, the, the <laughs> title of the column is, What Girls Are Good For. And he, <laughs> he sums it up. Um, it's, a, it's a screed against women working. And he sums it up, a woman's sphere is encompassed by a single word, Home. And she, at 20 years old, Ooh. wrote a letter to the editor that we don't have. She wrote under a pseudonym. She wrote, She signed it, The Lonely Orphan Girl. Whatever she wrote, they put an ad in the paper, if The Lonely Orphan Girl will apply to the Pittsburgh dispatch offices on Monday at this time, she may get the answers to which she's, and she's, you know, terrified. She goes to the office, and they offer her a job. And oh they say, God. well, we already have a woman columnist, so we can't have you do a column. But would you like to be a reporter? And she's yes please um and that's it was it was that moment of rage that just that that spontaneous moment of anger that caught my intention that was that's that's I because that i could see the whole scene right there and that's when i dropped everything else i was working on like 10 other books and just dove into nelly Bly. um and that's that began my journey with with the marvelous miss Bly.
0: and now you've written several books about her yes And also, you've discovered some works of hers, right, that were before Lost to readers? Yes,
2: yes. So Nellie Bly spends three years in a push-me-pull-you with the paper. They keep trying to get her to write about uh, flower shows and uh, ballerinas, and she instead (laughs) is going undercover into factories to to show uh, the life of the factory girl and show that they're not the, the horrible women that are often portrayed. They're just average women. And she brilliantly has drawings attached to uh, to show who the uh, she what drew the, herself. She did not. She had an artist go with her, um, <gasps> and to oh, draw yeah. these these women so that they could have faces and have you know they were like oh these are the girl next door, wow. uh, and so just to humanize the the working woman.
0: Is that all before David? Some, sometimes we have to ask um, some, what might be stupid questions because we don't know history as well as you do. What is this before? Is this like before all the labor laws and the Triangle Shirtwaist fire? Is this like before? This is when people are just really being like ravaged by their, their company factories, right?
2: Absolutely. This is, there, are, there are no uh, uh, unions. There's no any, anything to protect workers. Um, in fact, in, in 10 years after she starts, she uh, famously goes uh, to the Pullman strikes here in Illinois uh, yes. and, and covers those. So after a year of fighting with her editor uh, 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 at, and having this amazing job, she quits, only to come back and say, you know what? I'm going to be your foreign correspondent in Mexico. Bye. And she goes to Mexico <laughs> with her mother. And is, she's supposed to be there for six months. She gets run out of the country after five for exposing governmental corruption. Um, <laughs> and, uh, oh, my and then she comes back, but she, she, and she's, she's doing, you know, decent work at the, at the Pittsburgh Dispatch again, but she's not enjoying it. She's, and so one day she's like, you know what, I'm out of here. She signs a note you're, you're, to, to the Quiet Observer, who's become a friend of hers. Erasmus Wilson is his real name. Hilarious name. Friends
0: of hers, despite his, like, insane misogyny, she, Yes, like, became they became friends,
2: friends for him? the rest. Uh, they were writing each other right up until the moment they both died um, in the same... Did movie.
0: he ever apologize for saying that shit?
2: We have no idea. We only have um, um, her letters to him. She didn't keep his letters. He kept her letters, so we have all of her letters <laughs> to him. Uh, so anyway, she she signs. She says, "I'm going to New York." Uh, you're naughty, Nellie Bly, and she just takes off. But she can't. She can't get anybody to hire her in New York because uh, uh, you know they, they're like, we already have a girl working here, and that was you know, like the, the criteria was we have one. That's fine.
0: We have, what, we have one female column, and we only need one female column because there's only one female in all of New York.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so she brilliantly, in the summer of, of 1887, uh, says, you know what? I'm going to go interview all the editors about why they're not hiring women. And so she, she goes from editor to editor, and they're all saying, well, we, we would hire a woman if she could do the job, but, you know, we can't ask her to go out and cover a fire in the middle of the night because she's a woman, so we won't hire a woman. And then in September of of 1887, she's riding the train back. She's doing, uh, she's like the the New York social correspondent for the Pittsburgh Dispatch, so she's got a little bit of money. But she has her purse stolen. It has all the money in the world in it that she has, um, like 100 bucks. And she could either go home in defeat, but instead she goes to the New York world, goes up to Colonel. John Cockrell, who worked for Joseph Pulitzer and basically created what we consider yellow journalism. You know, the sensational, you know, the, the if it bleeds, it leads headlines. He's that guy. He also mm-hmm. shot a guy dead in his office one day. Um, a, a, a,
0: a reporter? No,
2: somebody came in that he was uh, uh, that he had apparently slandered in the paper. And uh, a guy oh. named Slayback, um, when he was the head of a St. Louis paper, and they shot each other and he killed Slayback right there in his, the Slayback slaying.
0: Wow well you know what we love drama on this podcast right
2: <laughs> yes. So she refuses to leave his office at, at, at after hours uh, until she pitches a story and she pitches a story send me to London I'll come back in steerage and show what it's like for an immigrant coming to America and and he's like, all right that's an interesting idea that's and he takes up to Pulitzer and Pulitzer no. And they come back and say, no, we need a new, more New York story. You know, we've been hearing these rumors about mistreatment of patients at uh, Blackwell's Island. She's like, I'll, I'm in. I'm, I'll be there. Great. And <laughs> oh so she, all on her own, she just decides to fake insanity. She, has her, uh, she goes and takes a, a bed at a boarding home and just is insane. Not violently in any well, way. Well, we
0: all know it doesn't It doesn't take much for someone to call a woman insane in this time period. Like, she just has to be bleeding out of her vagina and be angry. Yeah, well,
2: no. For this, it was her just sitting staring at everyone. And t- when everybody, anybody comes all these people here are crazy. All these people here are crazy. <laughs> and that's... And and she wouldn't, like, get undressed to go to bed. She just sat in a chair all night staring at the woman in the bed uh, that she that was sounds sharing. So,
0: that sounds so easy.
2: <laughs> right? <laughs> And because of her time in Mexico, uh, uh, she occasionally lapsed into Spanish and this mystery. It was like a huge thing in all the newspapers. Who is this mysterious, insane girl? Is her name Nellie Brown or is it really Nellie Moreno? And this whole, like, she punked all the other papers in town. Um, and then her 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 story, when it came out, was such a sensation, she got a book deal right away. Um, and at the beginning of the next year, they published her, her book, which is basically her giant articles for the, the New York world. And from that moment on, she was uh, the star reporter with a byline. And that really pissed off a lot of the guys, because there are tons of men who do not have bylines at this time. And for her to not only get the byline at the bottom of the article, but to for her name to feature prominently at the top of the article... Drove people crazy.
0: Yeah, because she wasn't even supposed to be able to know how to read. Right. <laughs> She's a woman.
2: Well, and this is this is at the time when women readership was actually people were realizing, oh, you can make money off of this. This is when dime and and quarter novels were. This is the the everybody you know, the, the the boom of selling books to women, and uh, that mm. will that will come up uh, uh, later in her career.
0: So, David, did you know if um did her that that expose did that end up being like causing any sort of change in the system too, like blowing the lid off of it, did that mean anything for the, it the did. hospital? It did.
2: It uh, she actually testified before uh, state committees. Um, she went with a, a jury to the the island to reveal, and they you know they'd done a quick whitewash job to cover, clear everything up. And but no, there, there's still no hot water, and there's still no you know good food, and you know. So anyway, wow. um, she, they they got like a million dollars boost in their in their budget. Um, and she actually ended up dating briefly one of the doctors who worked at the, uh, the asylum, the one, the one she liked.
1: (laughs) I Um, love her so much, so much.
0: (laughs) Wait, did she, oh my gosh, I wonder, that makes me like, is that, in the movie of this, does that romance start like while she's pretending to be crazy? And does the doctor like really know that she's not crazy and she's a reporter? Or did he find out later?
2: They've done a couple <laughs> movies of this and they've tried to go that route. It always pisses me off only because, you know, she's, she is actually the basis for Lois Lane. And my uh, uh, tagline since I've started working on any, everything about her is the real Lois Lane didn't need a Superman. Uh, yeah. And that is that is how I feel about her. She should. Wow. I, I'm always angry when people imply that she had to be saved by a man. Cause she never, ever relied on men to come and protect her.
0: Not Fuck no. Ever. I just, I just meant if she like was she like boinking the doctor when she was still undercover, or did they hook up later?
2: Oh, and I think she broke his heart.
0: Oh well, a woman like that, you know, Nellie had other things to do.
2: She did. She was busy. <laughs> she also ended up dating a a theater reviewer from Life Magazine for a couple of years.
0: Oh my good For a couple of years—that's yeah. a long time to date a theater reviewer,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, theater was all the rage.
0: That's true. That's yeah. True. So I mean, she he gets was... her own byline, and then everyone hates her. The men all hate her.
2: Not all. Not all. the com- the, the the comedian actually, unfortunately, he has the same name as the, the science guy, Bill Nye. He was a great comedian at the time and a uh, uh, comic writer, and he he and Bly got along great. And, you know, but there was a lot of rivalry, and, and unfortunately, the moment that she hit it big, Pulitzer said, oh, this is, this is good, let's get more women. And there was a lot of competition between the women that was fostered by Cockrell and Pulitzer to vie against each other for, you know, who gets the most sensational story.
0: No. Pulitzer sounds like such an asshole. Yeah. I guess I didn't even know that. The Pulitzer Prize is, like, such a, a renowned, I've never heard the fact that he's an asshole. <laughs>
2: Well, he's certainly a genius. doesn't mean he's a good person. True. That's
0: true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. History shows. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so what does she do next?
2: So, I mean, she does, I mean, it's just a series of stories that, you know, and, and she does three different types of stories. She does the under, undercover expose, which is what everyone connects with Nellie Bly. Uh, then she does the just the general reporting where she'll go to a place as herself and report on it. And then she'll do these interviews and over the next three years she does the we have a, a, a huge body of, of interviews just up from this period of all of the the candidates wives and former first ladies and uh, wives of the members of the, the united states cabinet that nobody knows about nobody's paid any attention to um in uh, ten years later uh, nine years later she interviews we have the best interview ever with susan b anthony thanks to uh, Nellie nelly bly so anyway, wow. so she gets her first death threat after she uh, goes undercover and exposes the king of the lobbyists in New York for graft and saying that he can uh, uh, he owns a bunch of senators. And she gets the list and publishes the list of names and gets sued for slander. Oh shit! Oh yeah, I mean, she shit. gets in <laughs> huge trouble. Yeah, she got trouble. her first death threat after that. Was uh, the
0: paper being paid? Was the paper, did the paper have connections to some of those senators and lobbyists as well? Is that? Oh, no, the paper Trump was or? totally,
2: the paper sent her there to do it. The paper wanted that story.
0: Oh.
2: They, they'd gone after that guy before oh and God. failed, and they got, they got him this time. And, and they got him through, thanks to Nellie Bly.
0: So did that create change, too? Did that, like, change anything in terms of the lobby situation? or no, was it really just I mean, it, it, it that ruined that for for guy's career, fuckers.
2: but, you know, there were other people still doing that. I mean, it's, it's lobbying, it's politics, it's, you know... It, it's still going on now. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, but it was a big deal for her to, to, to expose the king of the lobby. Um, they actually uh, uh, used lines from uh, Gilbert and Sullivan, it's good to be a lobby king. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, in the article, which is hilarious. Uh, so yeah, anyway, she does she does these three years, and she's she's you can you can read it in her writing. She talks about I am not well. Uh, uh, she starts getting migraines that she can't explain, and I gotta figure she's having panic attacks or stress headaches or something because after the trip around the world. Um, She just quits. She walks away. She walks away from reporting. She's like, I'm done. She felt misused by Pulitzer. He never even thanked her for boosting the circulation past uh, 300,000 a day, which was, you know, when she came there, it was 225. And so there's this... this, Yeah. I mean, so she was a big piece of the the boom of this kind of journalism. And she walked away. Um, And I'll tell you more about what she did while she was gone uh, in a minute. Uh, But... Uh, oh, she, comes back yes. in, she comes back in 93 and just picks up where she left off, but she's done with the stunt reporting. She's no longer going to be putting herself in physical danger. She's like, nope, I'm, I'm done with that end of things. I'm not going to risk my life anymore for this stupid paper. Um, and so they get this other young lady named Meg Marillas to be so they they alternate weeks um, through 18 uh, 1893 to 96 where there's a Nellie Bly interview or a Nellie Bly uh, story where she's gone to somewhere and, and uh, written about it. and then Meg Marilla's in a, uh, a submarine or Meg Marilla's being wearing a bulletproof vest and being shot. Um, and it's it's you know they, they're they're still trying to do the titillation every other week.
0: That makes me wonder if she got like a more like a more hefty threat or something. I, I, that makes me wonder if she like someone really scared her up that she would stop doing that, or or maybe she you think she just was tired and sick.
2: I, I think that I think that the stress of it took a toll, and I think that she she was looking mm-hmm. more towards her health and sustainability. But in 96, she gets pissed at the at the world again because they move her, her column from Sundays to Mondays and it's much less circulation. And she's like, nope, I'm out. She takes a job at a newspaper in Chicago. It's, this is actually 95. Works there for three months, works in, here in Chicago for three months, uh, and then uh, meets her future husband. Um, they both are laid up at a hotel with pneumonia, meet each other, and get married. He is a septuagenarian millionaire and oh uh, with no family. And the next year does not go particularly well. He hires detectives to follow her around. Um, and she has the detectives arrested because she uh, knows all about following people around. And, it's, and she, goes, she goes back into reporting for a little while. And then he has a health scare and she quits reporting. And they live happily until his death in 1904.
0: Wait, why did he send detectives after her? Because
2: she's doing reporting work and he's like, I don't believe you.
0: What the fuck? But he married
2: her. <laughs> yeah, but you know, oh, it, 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 it's not a happy thing. But it, no one can deny that they were happy towards the end. Um, and he owned a giant mm. foundry. Actually, she holds the patent for the modern oil drum because of his Whoa. business. Nellie Bly oil drum um, is a thing. And unfortunately, <laughs> she, was very, she was very progressive in how she ran the factory after his death. She also trusted the wrong people and they embezzled all of her money. Um, so her $3 million oh. went away and she ends up in huge lawsuits and she's going to be arrested in uh, 1914 and she's like, you know what, my husband and I had a great trip to Austria, I'm going to Austria and she's there and World War I breaks out and so she's like, you know what, I'm here anyway, oh. I'm going to be a war correspondent and so she reports from behind the lines uh, uh, during <laughs> World War I and almost is refused entry back into America because everyone thinks that she's actually a spy.
0: And this is all after her husband died. Yes. Okay, so she was free to be herself again. Yes. <laughs>
2: she, was she, also had, she also had. She also had a lover after her husband's death, but he also died of he died of cancer, uh, and he was oh one of the guys who embezzled God. all of her money. So you know, sucks.
0: Huh. Oh well. Did she know that before his death? Then. She she refused,
2: she refused to believe it. She refused to believe it. She's like, no, he wouldn't do that.
0: That, that D must have been good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <Whoop>. <laughs>
2: So she comes back home, and the oh, the only thing she had left to her name was uh, her house and her clothes and the, the stuff that had been given to her on her trip and all the very famous people. And she got home after four years to discover that her mother and brother have embezzled it all and claimed it as theirs, and so she ends up in a lawsuit with her mother and brother. And uh,
0: Her mother who she's basically supported her whole life? Yes,
2: she has supported her mother ever since she became famous. Um, and her mother is it's old old, and, and, and was, was probably senile at this point. So it's really her eldest brother, Albert, who is a son of it's a, a bitch, um, who is manipulating uh, their mother to get all of Nellie Bly's stuff.
0: What an wow. asshole, wow. So she lives in a hotel,
2: uh, starting in 1918. <laughs> she lives in a hotel and starts writing for the New York Evening Journal um, and has a regular column. And she focuses on, t- bizarrely, two things uh, the rights of sailors um, and orphans she's always even from the very signing that very first letter yeah. lonely orphan girl she's always been interested in orphans and so she takes a huge interest much to the dismay of several of the charitable organizations who think that she's doing an end run around them but she mm-hmm. she ends up you know just helping people and doing what she can to help people until she dies of pneumonia in
0: 1922. pneumonia again dang right she had pneumonia a lot huh yeah <laughs>
2: So there's there uh, b- broad strokes. There is the life of Nellie Bly.
0: Oh my God, she's amazing. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. So in uh, talking about, so I, I wrote the first novel. It's called What Girls Are Good For. Obviously, um, uh, uh, how how could I not use that title? Um,
1: yeah.
2: And uh, it covers all the way up through uh, from from her getting the job through uh, the just just right after the insane asylum stuff. So I've got much more to write in terms of novels. I've done a couple of other short novels after that, working on the next big one now called Stunt Girl. So I'm researching those. And this is December 1st, 2019. I'm researching the next Nellie Bly book because I've just published the one. And uh, I'm trying to figure out how much she got paid for uh, her book about the madhouse. And um, I can't find any records on that, so I'm looking through her publisher. And her publisher published, and we knew this, he, he she had had one novel published and then three books, one about the madhouse, one about uh, uh, Mexico, and one about her trip around the world. So we knew of four books by Nellie Bly. We also knew that he offered her a job after she quit the, the world the first time, writing serial novels for his weekly paper, the fa- the New York Family Story paper. But no copies of that exist. They've just not come down to us. And we know she got paid an amazing amount. She got paid $40,000 for a three-year contract in 1890, which is an unheard of. That's a lot of money. Wait a a minute. How much money is
0: that in today? Let me look it up.
2: Please do, because I I don't know. It's huge. It's huge. She was making, at at most, $5,000 a year as a reporter for the world. So, I mean, this is over three years, $40,000, big deal.
0: In around eighteen ninety, you said it's about four hundred and two thousand dollars. There you go. Holy, Holy shit. shit!
2: Yeah, it was oh, a big deal.
0: We're so broke, so broke today. today. We're so broke we are today. So broke today. <laughs> <laughs>
2: anyway. Yeah, so uh, so she we we knew that she wrote at least two because she's told us the titles in a couple of her letters to Wilson. One was called "Eva the Adventurous, and another was called "New York by Night." But we've had haven't had them for one hundred and twenty five years. So in researching her publisher, trying to find this, how much she got paid for her first book. I saw a reference to another paper that he published called The London Story Paper. And so I looked it up, and I was able to find all the copies of The London Story Paper online. And all of her novels were there. And it wasn't two. It was 11. There were 11 unknown Nellie Bly novels written over five years for this guy that we didn't know existed.
0: She wrote 11 books in five years.
2: Yes. And half of them well, a third of them are illegible. They're just bad scans of papers. And so I was like, oh, so I need to go back to the original microfilm to see if I can get a better scan. Unfortunately, the microsco- microfilm only exists in Sydney, London, and Toronto. So over New Year's, uh, uh, 2019 to 2020, um, I went up to Toronto and went to the University of Toronto and just spent my time scanning close-up little, to try and you know see the faded uh, print, and I've spent the last year... A little or more um transcribing and getting those books ready for publication and they come out this month
0: okay first of all that's amazing (laughs) um also like what a great pandemic project to have to work on (laughs) like the fact that you got that research done and scanned before things shut down yeah that like that timing blows my mind david that's like a little bit like amazing (laughs) So are they, are, they fiction? Yes. Are they sensationalist or are they, what, what are they comparative to?
2: Well, okay. Her first novel that she, that we knew about is, is the only one with a, a full, uh, that has a consistent male lead all the way through. There's just one other novel that shares the lead. The rest are all uh, female leads. Yes. Her, her first novel isn't great. It's, it's a kind of a, 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 a hackneyed mystery, but if you look at it, it still is about uh, uh, women being mistreated which is, mm. uh, you know, it's 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 clearly something that she was passionate about, rightly so.
1: Recurring theme.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, her second novel, which she must have written before she went around the world because it started appearing in print before she came back, so she could only have mm-hmm. written it in a month, it's a ripped-from-the-headlines fictionalized version of a very real scandal uh, involving Alexander Hamilton's great-grandson. Alexander Hamilton's great-grandson <laughs> married uh, a woman named Eva, who uh variously has all, many last names she was a grifter um, and she mm-hmm. f- passed off a fake baby as his not her baby not his baby um, she actually bought four babies until she you know they kept dying um, and so she, <laughs> oh, and and then what? one day and she's still carrying on with uh, her other lover um, until Wait, one day she
0: didn't notice the babies look different he did not they're not
1: goldfish.
2: I, one one she sent back because it didn't look enough like the other babies. Uh, okay,
1: I want to know more about this broad. Can she get like a side series or
2: something? Right. Um, wow. It, it's it's. I've had to go all the way down this particular rabbit hole. So in in my my volume of Eva the Adventures finish the Eva story really quick. Uh, uh, one day, she's, while well, she's carrying on with her boyfriend, she gets really drunk, the nurse gets really drunk, the baby's nurse. The nurse reveals everything to Hamilton, who then accuses her. Eva then tries to stab the nurse to death um, and is arrested for attempted murder and convicted, and then everything blows up.
0: Where wow. is her movie slash her Lin Manuel Broadway I'm musical? Saying, <laughs> I'm saying.
1: So,
2: in in doing the research on Bly's book, the book I'm releasing uh, on the 16th of March contains both Bly's book and all the articles telling the entire story of Eva Hamilton, um, wow. which Bly couldn't even guess how weird shit was going to get uh, uh, after because she she wrote it while Eva had just been uh, convicted. Well, Eva's, oh. uh, Eva's rele- pardoned by the governor. She, apparently, the governor was bribed to release Eva. And then uh, uh, her husband <laughs> dies in the S- Snake River. But is he really dead or did he fake his death to get away from the Wait, scandal? Hamilton
0: dies yes. or a different husband? No,
2: that her, uh, Hamilton dies. And then so she's oh. suing to say, I, I, he never divorced me. I'm still his heir. Uh, uh, then, oh. she, then she needs money. So she's like, you know what? I'm going to take it on the stage. And they write a stage play and create a company to tell her story on stage. <laughs> And it, it, it's it's batshit crazy. I love she the Hamilton skin. She
0: like scandal. a fucking cuckoo. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. So it's Whoa. and that was and that was Bly's first book uh, 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 that we that I discovered. You know, it's like what what in the hell is this? The second. So the, her second book overall. Um, her third book, New York by Night. Has the clearest version of Nellie Bly ever in it. It's a young woman, uh, Ruby Sharp, reporter for the New York Planet. And I I love that book. I really do. Uh, she's, you know, there's going to be a lot of criticism of her writing style because it's very florid and melodramatic. She's writing cliffhangers every, you know, three chapters because it's three chapters each week in a weekly thing. Um, and But that book, uh, genuine twist, genuinely shocking. So good stuff.
1: Was Ruby Sharp a recurring character for her? I, I feel wish like I've heard she was. Name. And she
2: in the end of at the end of the book, she gives us Ruby Sharp's backstory, and I'm like, I want that. I yeah. want all of. I want all of Ruby Sharp now, please. Can I have more of this? But no, <laughs> she she. Uh, then after that, she very clearly goes in. She finds her formula. It's you know the lonely orphan who is uh 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 secretly an heiress who falls in love with a millionaire who who, who, who she can't get his attention and there's a love triangle and I mean it's it's there's very much uh, uh is it
0: like sexy writing? Is it like romance like the the bulge in the pants blah 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 no no there's <laughs> there
2: is no it's amazing how often people end up pregnant when there's no sex. Um, <laughs> no, none. There was none.
0: <laughs> Wait, David. I have a question before you go too much further. Did, so you, so you said the New York Planet. Do you think that was was that Joe Schuster's? Was did he take that for Daily Planet for Superman? Well,
2: I mean, the New York World, the the Metropolis uh, Daily Planet. Uh, yes, absolutely. I'm not sure if if, it, if he took it right from Nellie Bly's book because it didn't exist anymore by the time uh, Siegel and Schuster were writing. Uh, yeah. But because they based Lois Lane on her. I got to figure right. they just they took the paper and said, "Well, okay, it'll be the New York Daily Planet or the Metropolis Daily <laughs> Planet." So,
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, thank you. That satisfied my, <laughs> my <laughs> <supreme> curiosity.
2: So <laughs> what I've what I've ended up doing is uh, all the books reference various reporting things that she's done. So I've I've transcribed the books and uh, copied all the art and presented it, and you know the way it was it came out. Um, but then I've added all the articles by Bly. That inspired the stories at the end of the book. Mm. Um, So each book, you can read the book and then see the articles where they came from. Because I was doing that, I figured I'm already in for a penny, in for a pounding. Um, I took all of Bly's articles and have now collected those and released two of what are going to be four volumes of all of her writing at the New York World. Because nobody's ever done it. It's amazing to me. Nobody's ever released all of her. She wrote 500 articles that we have. um, And nobody's ever released them. They're hard to find.
0: And nobody, and then she's all public domain because it's old enough. Exactly. So it didn't matter. Wow. What a treasure trove. How, like, why haven't we heard of her?
2: Every now and then, like, they did a a, a TV movie on Lifetime two years ago uh, with Christina Ricci as Nellie Bly and Judith Light as the evil nurse. Um and I I didn't watch it because I I was gonna be heartbroken and I knew it and people told me yeah you were right because go. it
0: was Lifetime and you knew you knew what, <laughs> right <laughs> I mean really
1: let's be real
2: yeah uh
0: she is an incredible is that is that all did we hit the major
2: yep we've hit we've hit life. the major stuff we've we've done the the high points What's I mean, there's tons of stuff to talk about in terms of her personality, of The how very contradictory she is. Um, she's totally a feminist, but she would never have called herself one. She was totally for suffrage, but she'd never call herself a suffragist, which was the word at the time. She was always down mm-hmm. on suffragists. She's like, you know, I'm with them, but they don't dress well. Um, <laughs> 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 the truth, speak truth. But truth.
0: But she also sounds like, I mean, based on what you've told us, it also sounds like she was somebody who was, like, really uncovering some of the shittiest things that were going on. And, like, suffragettes were, like, notoriously, like, rich white bitches. Yeah. <laughs> like, she, at the, she at the, talks, the beginning. She at the talks, beginning. talks about
2: at, at, uh, at the, the giant convention, the uh, suffragist convention of 1896, they decide that they're going to uh, raise money while they're there by putting on a minstrel show. And it's just like, oh, God, please, please uh, don't. No. Oh. It's, yeah, it's just, it's 10 kinds of gross. Um, so you are
0: now like the foremost ex- expert on Nellie Bly because you have read all these things that people that had fallen off the face of the earth before now. Let
2: me, for, for anyone who's interested in Nellie Bly, let me point you to uh, two books. Uh, Brooke Kruger's Nellie Bly feminist journalist Daredevil, I think uh, in some, in that order. She's the authority. She her biography of Bly was eye opening to me and gave me all of the broad strokes. Um, she is the foremost authority on Bly. I have read these novels, which she has not. But the moment I found them, I sent them to her, and all, she wrote her email back to me because she helped me with the book. I'm so grateful to her. Um, mm. When I when I sent her all of the the, the that I, I discovered these lost books, she wrote me back an email with three words: "Who had them?" Because <laughs> uh, she'd been looking for them for years.
0: Um, and you cracked the nut, and I cracked but the nut. Wow. You, you
1: followed the trail, uh,
2: but she's she's been so gracious, and 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 she's. Brilliant, and her take on Bly's life is, is the best. Um, for a quick look, best look at her trip around the world, Matthew Goodman's 80 Days, which uh, traces the, the, the journey around the world of both her and her rival. She didn't, Bly didn't know she was in a race, but a rival newspaper decided, you know what, we're going to send out our own news, uh, newspaper girl and uh, the opposite direction, and she'll get back faster, um, and tried to capitalize on the world's thing. So Elizabeth Bisland went around the world opposite directions. Um,
0: did she do it in seventy-two days, though?
2: No. Wow. There was she's there was sure. some chicanery. She was she was misinformed that she was told that her boat had already sailed when it hadn't, um, and everyone thinks that Joseph Pulitzer pulled some strings to make sure that Nellie Bly won.
0: Oh, wow, yo! Well, he, he gets was... like a monicum of credit back then after <laughs> you know we revoked it. Earlier. Well, and it it
2: it so sucks because <laughs> Nellie Bly is all the way to Japan when she finds out she's in a race she didn't even know.
0: It's yeah. rude. That's rude. She so was just rude. trying to kick Jules Verne's ass, right?
2: right. She was proving she was proving that it can be done, and you know, she may, everyone's like, "No, a woman can't do it. She has too many trunks. She has too many trunks." And so Nelly Bly's like, "I have a, I have a bag. I have a bag, and I'm carrying my bag, and that's it."
0: <laughs> she has too many trunks.
2: Yes. Oh,
0: my gosh. Oh, why? man. Okay, so, David, so you have already released What Girls are, are, What girls Are Good For is your first book, which has already been out, and people can get that on, like, And there Netflix are two
2: more, and, uh, Charity Girl and Clever Girl, which follow that. One does uh, her investigating um, what becomes, becomes of unwanted babies in New York, um, and the other uh, is uh, Clever Girl, which is her exposing Phelps, the king of the lobby.
0: And those are out already as well? Those, or those are out are already. those are about to come out? And then your new book is her unpublished work and you're still working on additional books about her. Yep. Oh my gosh. Well, we're going to put all the links to all these on the website listeners. So feel free to go click around or Google them right now and buy them because David is a brilliant writer and, um, Nellie Bly is obviously an incredibly brilliant subject. Um... Oh my gosh! You guys,
1: what do you think? What a broad, huh? Yeah, absolutely! Ooh, I'm so full. I'm like, wow, wow! I love when you you uncover these like true gems that like she totally shaped so many things. Like she, what you we, the remnants of her exist in so many different places, you know. So it's like cool because I'm like I'm trying to pay tribute. I might have to put her on like my manifestation shrine or something. I'm like about it. <laughs>
0: What I find most amazing is how the, how you found her because you saw these fictional Hollywood stories oh. that were loosely based on her adventure. Like that's what's amazing to me is that she had actually her adventures had so permeated the culture that they exploded into all these other forms, but people just didn't know she was the origin. And that blows my
1: mind and is amazing. Right, right. Oh. That's, that's impact. Yes, because then, you know, once they, because once you hear those names and you're, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. then Like, that'll hopefully, like, spark people to be like, where do these other people come from? Like, why this person? I love that. That's so exciting. She,
0: she is definitely,
1: like, of
0: who's, of all the other broads we've done that are reporters, what we did, Ida, we- Ida B. Wells... Yeah, I mean, Nellie Bly is up there with one of the more important reporters, I think, in American history, wouldn't you say? I would. Definitely yeah. paving. Oh, David, God. where else can people um, learn more about you? Do you have a website? Do you have social media?
2: DavidBlix.com. Yep. Uh, I, I'm on Twitter. Uh, uh, I have an Instagram account, but I rarely sp- spend time there. Um, I've noticed that uh, the more time I spend on social media, the less time I spend writing. So I'm trying. I'm trying to wean myself. Uh, uh, now that I noticed
0: uh, that, but I've missed you. I've noticed, but I've missed you. I, I, I appreciate <laughs> so,
2: that. i but I understand. I, I've <laughs> a lot of that. I I'm, I have been the last, especially the last four years. I don't know why. The last four years, I've been very active on social media. Um, Interesting. But uh, I, have no idea. I am uh, I am very much trying now to to uh, uh, get back to the, all the books that I have uh, slated and you know kind of piling up a backlog in my head while keeping more Nellie Bly stuff moving forward. Um, all of these books are going to be released as audiobooks as well over the next couple of months. Um, Nice. So they'll be on Audible. Um, So, yeah, and this is uh, uh, the best. You can find me on my Amazon author page or on my website or, uh, yeah, just around.
0: Awesome. Well, we're going to put all these links on the website under the Nellie Bly entry, guys, so feel free to look it up there. David, thank you so much from all three of us for being our very very first guest, actually, so this was kind of an experiment.
2: That's a huge honor. Um, Thank you.
0: I think I can safely say that this is the most educated and thorough broad research we've ever had on this podcast.
1: <laughs> yes. That's probably true, yeah. I would, I would um, say so, correct, correct. <laughs> correct. Yep, you. so now we
0: can record some other episodes and we're all going to feel a little incompetent, but uh, I love it, <laughs> I love it. David, thank you so much for being here. And listeners, thank you so much. Every week, you're the best. We try to bring you broads that you want to hear, and we hope Nellie Bly is uh, another one that you – want to go look up and read more about and can be inspired by. So don't forget, visit broadsyoushouldknow.com. you com. Uh, you can look through all the other broads we've done. You can submit a broad if you think there's one that you have, that we haven't done yet that you think we ought to look into. Um, hit us up on Instagram, social media at broads you should know. And we are going to see you next week for another broad. You should know.
2: The other things that's fascinating about the Nellie Bly books is that there's always an orphan in it, but there's always, and I, I don't know what to make of this, But she always has a a young woman in despair throw herself into a body of water to drown herself.
0: That's some dark shit.
2: Yeah. In every single book. Now, I got to tell you, some of these books, bat shit crazy. Um, uh, uh, I mean, there is my favorite passage. You cannot marry him, but mother, I love him. You're not allowed to marry. Why? Because your mother is a murderess. What? Yes, I once threw a baby into the alligator pit, but it was the wrong baby.